But what I would love to talk about for for legacy is mindset. Mindset's a big thing, and I do feel like um, there are a lot of people in the next generation or even in our generation where their mindset is just not what it should be. Like, um, I think pe- I think kids should grow up with a hustler's mentality mm. rather than a give me, give me, give me mentality, which is where a lot of kids are at right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first official LFG podcast. My name is Mark, and I am born and raised in the Bay Area here in California. Um, Today, we're going to go into a little bit about why we created the LFG podcast. Uh, So quick introduction for me. I have been working in healthcare as well as the biotech space for most of my professional career. And along the way, I've just decided to create business for myself. And in the past two years, I've uh, created some business for myself in the financial services space, Um, along with my partner and co-host here and longtime friend, um, who I'm going to introduce to you right now. What up, what up? Uh, My name is Charles. Uh, Like Mark said, longtime friends, 20 years together, I think. Um, And I've actually been in business for myself for the last eight years, primarily in the real estate uh, world, um, and have later found myself in the financial services industry along with with Mark. Really excited to be here on the show um, and looking forward to what we have going forward. Basically, we've been friends and you know, basically decided to make this passion project together, uh, the LFG show. So you as the listeners are probably wondering, why did we create this show? And why are these two friends going into business together? Um, you know, for us, the LFG show not only shows a symbol of excitement, you know, LFG, like let's effing go. But LFG for us actually means a little bit something different. So LFG, in short, stands for Legacy for Generations. And that's what we're basing the whole premise of this podcast around, is creating legacy, building legacy, showing others how to build a legacy uh, through business, entrepreneurship, values, a lot of different things that you can pass on to future generations, Um, not just monetary things or things in business, um, but we can just leave so much for, you know, the future generations. So therefore, we wanted to create LFG, Legacy for Generations. Let's fucking go. (laughs) And, you know, Charles, let's just dive into that a little bit more for the listeners who are listening to this for the first time. Like, my first question for you as, um, you know, as friends, like, why is it important for you yourself to create and have other people think about um, building a legacy? A few different things. First off, I mean, building a legacy, like you said, could be financial, could be, I don't know, mindset, values, anything you want to leave behind to the next generation. But um, I really think it's important to be able to leave something behind. Uh, well, well, yeah, one financially is important. Um but also leaving like a piece of you behind, I guess, um, and what you stand for and what you want to pass on to what values you want to pass on to the next generation and what you want to carry forward um, down the line. Personally think that, you know, leaving a lasting legacy is one of the most important things uh, as people that, that we can do. Not a lot of people like to think that far ahead for, you know, leaving future generations in the right place. But I want to let our listeners know out there that we are also Asian American 
men that have um, experienced different things growing up here in the U.S. And, you know, having our community think about building a legacy is something that's really important to us. Um, You know, but a little bit about who we are. You know, as the listeners listening to this for the first time, like, who are we and what place do we have to speak on a legacy? And I think I just want to touch base with that a little bit for myself is, you know, like I said earlier, is I've only been in business for the past two years. And um, in those two years, I've really grown to want to leave the nine to five mindset, right? And want to create business for myself and become my own boss. And things like time freedom are are really on my mind. And that's like a goal that I'm really working towards. Um, but for the past two years, I feel like I've just really become a student, um, become a student of the game, learning business, um, watching videos, watching podcasts, um, learning new skills, learning how to um, sharpen my skill set, um, creating and building new skill sets um, for myself. And I've just really feel like I want the listeners to know that I feel like I've become addicted to the process of growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love listening and watching, you know, different types of content that go over personal growth and mindset and financial literacy, like all those things that come with, um, you know, leaving that nine to five mindset. I've really become a student of all of those things. And I'm really hoping that for the listeners out there that you can, you know, learn along with me, you know, as a student, as someone that really loves uh, to pay attention to um, that side of, of growth. And, um, you know, I want listeners to kind of learn with me. I'm not coming at it from a place where I'm some type of professional or expert or um, anything like that. I kind of just want to position myself as a um, someone that's dedicated and committed to their growth. And I want to share that growth with all the listeners in hopes that people out there will grow as well. So a little bit about Charles, like both Charles and myself. We've been friends I don't know, like, I'm thinking back, like, since 2003 Three, is, like, yeah. when we probably first met. So, it's 2023 now. So, for 20 years of friendship, you know, it's been a long time. Um, so, we do share the same circle of friends. But I will say Charles has a larger circle of friends than I do. Um, however, um, you know, we basically just grown together over the years um, as good friends and now joining business together and um, starting that up. Uh, you know, obviously, Charles has been in real estate business um, for the last eight years, but we've both been in the same financial services business for the past about two years and going. Charles and I are basically starting this podcast as a way to promote other people's growth, you know, um, it's not a self-centered thing where we are trying to gain followers and 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 gain like a presence. Um, although that may come with the territory as we go out and help others, but I think we're both in agreement that we just want to start this podcast to have a larger outreach and positive impact on the people that we already have in our circle. And that's why we're creating this. Is if you're going to have an impact on people, why not start with the people that already follow you and people that already know you, and you know. We just want to start having an impact um, in that way to spread the awareness of trying to start a legacy right now 
And the sooner you get going on building a legacy, um, you know, the better off I think we'll be by passing on many different things across a large spectrum to the future generations of our family and our friends. I think, you know, Charles and I over the years have just built a relationship where we just look at things like in the same wavelength at times. And, you know, when it came to just creating and spreading knowledge and education to other people out there, um, I think we were both in the same boat as far as, you know, reaching more people. Um, Because obviously for us, you know, from the Bay Area and from a Filipino family, um, we really care about, you know, values like family and and keeping our friends close and trying to grow everything as one, you know, not in a selfish way, not in an egotistical way, but just from a place of giving back and, you know, just wanting to have people grow with us. So right. the whole premise of this podcast really for us, I think, is, you know, legacy for generations. Now, when we came to that idea, you know, like I, I remember calling up Charles and I was like, dude, you know, first of all, LFG, I think is like a cool name <laughs> because of course, like, let's fucking go, right? Like everyone just can relate to like that slogan. But, you know, the day I came up with the idea, like, bro, like, let's call it like legacy for generations. It kind of just tied into things like real estate, financial services, and just being an entrepreneur altogether because, um, you know, we can, we feel like we can really pass these on to other people, right? And have other people jump into business as well uh, for themselves and their own mindset because we both feel that like the nine to five mindset isn't the only way. The only way. Exactly. Do you want to expand on that a little bit, Charles? Yeah, sure. Um, So I've been without a nine to five for at least eight years now since I've been in real estate. A little bit different from most of my friends. Um, Most of them are nine to five people, but I also have a, a, a big handful of friends um, and even close family that's that's not nine to five, mm-hmm. um, and there are differences in how we approach things mentally, or even you know just having time off and things like that, and and where we want to allocate our time for hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is, right? People have to have a living and earn for their families and for themselves mm-hmm. um, to be able to survive. So definitely understandable, but. Um, with not being in a nine to five, there's definitely a lot more flexibility that I've experienced, um, and that I absolutely love, mm-hmm, dude. And I saw that, you know, from from the get go, man. Like, you know, I think the good balance between our experiences is for me working in healthcare. You know, although I feel like I'm helping people by doing healthcare, I also saw you over these past eight years having like things like time freedom or being your own boss, like not having to answer to anyone, but you know, your own schedule and everything like that. And I can tell you from afar, I was like, man, like I would love to try my hand at like entrepreneurship because those are all the things that I would want for myself and my life. So, you know, first off, just thank you for being that example of like someone just going out there and leaving the nine to five mindset and just kind of influencing people like me to try it for myself. But I also had my first daughter. So things, you know, you know, got a little, you know, you got to reprioritize things when you have like your first daughter. Um, But now I kind of like really just feel like I see the way of the entrepreneur. And, you know, you've definitely been like that guy that I can kind of like look to your experience and use it for myself, you know, and like leverage that uh, for me. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that for real. But I mean, just because, like, I mean, I say I do love not having the nine to five. Mm-hmm. Work doesn't stop. You know what I mean? As an entrepreneur, you, you, whenever there's business, business doesn't stop. When the phone's ringing, you pick it up. Um, but it, it is really having that discipline to be able to, to stay in that because you know there is such a thing as getting burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens that happens pretty easily in a nine to five as well. But I think I've just had some experiences in life where I've been able to separate that and and really cherish the time that I have with with friends and family. Um, but when it's work time, it's it's grind time. So like, if you were to expand on that a little bit, like. What was that experience like for you when you were like, you know what, like, I want to try my hand at real estate? Because when you jump into something like that, it's not, it's not just like an easy decision, right? Like, like the money, what I mean by that is like the money doesn't just come to you right away. Like you got to take like a sacrifice of like time and money and really like hone in on your craft and like, even like, like zeroing in on exactly what you want to do with real estate mm-hmm. um, can take some time. But like, what was that transition like um, for you eight years ago? Dude, it sucked. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked. Uh, I actually didn't even know I was going to do real estate. I kind of just fell into it, um, trying to find something where I didn't have to answer to a boss um, just because of previous life experiences. Not long before that, just wanted to make sure to have the time for, for people, you know, or certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Dude, my first year, I didn't do, I didn't do shit. <laughs> Excuse me, but yeah, I didn't do anything. I did like one deal. Um, I felt like I didn't have the right mentors. Um, I, I mean, there were big events that I w- that I wanted to make, but I, it w- I didn't have the money, so I took on side jobs. I was throwing newspapers at night, um, just so I could make it out to Mexico for a good friend's wedding. Um, anything to make things work, you know. And and I guess that all ties into doing what you got to do to make things happen. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until my second year where things started to happen. I, I switched brokerages, um, felt like I had the right mentor who, who literally taught me everything I know in real estate today, um, and on how to move and everything. Um, and I'm, I'm super grateful for that. But even meeting him, I, I met him at my previous job. Um, and I just saw, heard him speak at, at the end of a, a conference or something. And I just approached him at the end. I was like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I helped you buy phones. I worked at AT&T for four years. Um, and he just happened to remember me, um, and then took me under his wing and that was the year where everything just clicked. But my first year sucked, dude. Like, like I said, throwing newspapers and whatnot. (laughs) Dude, like, that's what I mean by that, man, is like hearing that story right there, Charles, is, is exactly what I mean. Like the sacrifice that people have to make, like not a lot of people know like the sacrifice it takes, but I will say simultaneously, that's the exact reason why a lot of people don't want to try their hand at entrepreneurship. Because they know it's it's just full of roller coasters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like for me, I can't really talk from too much experience right now. Like I'm working on getting there. Like the business is picking up in a good way right now. Um, the timing is is starting to pick up to where like that sacrifice moment is kind mm-hmm. of passing by a little bit. But I just understand like just from your experience and from other people's experience that they share that like, you know, you got to stick with it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to make the commitment to stick with it, right. like, commit, bro. Like, you got you to stay commit. committed. Yeah. Because if you don't stay committed, like, let's say for your story, right? If in your first year after you said, you know, that really sucked and it was tough, like, imagine if you were to quit at that point. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you would never see that full potential, like, you know, that that you had just kind of, like, show itself. And 
I that's why I think we put this show together is to tap into the mentality that entrepreneurs have because I really feel like entrepreneurs that go out and build their own business, whatever that business may be, are just built a little bit different than majority of the people out there. Right. I agree. Um, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that I'm like that entrepreneur or whatever. I'm there's still a lot for me to learn and, and um, to, to see and learn, but definitely have had a taste of it uh, growing up um, in real estate or any other business, business venture. Um, But yeah, you definitely do have to stick with it. The commitment is, I mean, it's do or die. That's how I looked at it. Um, I did approach it as fact as a way of this is what I'm choosing. Um, I'm not a college graduate, so like not having a degree was a big thing for for my family. Mm. Um, honestly, still kind of is, but I, I may I may go back to that. I don't know, but as for right now, it's like in my, in my experience at that time, it's like I made more. I like I was making money. I was helping the family more working than being in school, and I sucked at school. You know, mm. like I just didn't have the patience for it. Like, I mean, I could take a test and study, but Dude, singing class sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel it, man. Like, I'm in the same boat as as you, Charles. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to college for, like, a big-time degree or anything like that. I did go to vocational school for pharmacy technician. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in a Filipino family. I needed to have that backup plan. So, you know, with that said, you know, my mom and, uh, you know, my mom and sister, they're both nurses. I knew I didn't want to be a nurse, but I had to get something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, long story short, like going into, I don't even remember what year it was, man, but going into pharmacy technician, it sounds so unsexy, but at the same time, it's just, I needed to have something in my back pocket because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I I knew that I liked to be creative and I liked to do creative things, but I just really didn't see what I was like passionate about. If I jumped into nursing, I really feel like I would have been doing something that wasn't like very fulfilling to me. Right. Um, so I honestly just got my pharmacy technician license to please like my parents. And be in the healthcare industry. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them for that. Like it was my own, because of my own indecision of not knowing what I wanted to do. I was willing to kind of bite that bullet. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go get my pharmacy technician license. I'll have that in my back pocket, but it's definitely not like what I'm passionate about. But when I look were, back at that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, but you were able to complete and get your... Yeah. Farm, yeah. Was it license or farm, pharmacy, farm tech license or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, at least you were able to do that, bro. Like, right. I didn't do anything. Like, tried to do nursing. And to be honest, when I think about, think back at it, I, like, I had to be depressed, like, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Right. You know, I was, I, mean, I probably didn't show it as much, but I was angry. I mean, but I was definitely not feeling life as I feel life now. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but, I mean, still, hats off to, for you to be able to, being able to complete that because I didn't even, yeah. on my end, didn't complete anything, you know? Bro, right on. Yeah. So, you know, as far as, like, education goes, like, I'm really big on, man, like, the education system, I do not hate on it at all. Do not get it twisted. Like, we are not, you know, throwing dirt on education system whatsoever. Definitely like, not. the people that go out there and get their education, like, more power to you. It's just that was your journey, and our journey ended up being a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But now look at me and Charles out here trying to uh, expand upon, you know, <laughs> like, entrepreneurship and business and, you know, positive thinking and mindset. Um, and we didn't need to go to college for that. We just kind of had a different path. 
because um, mm-hmm. we both have you know the same circle of friends, and a lot of our friends have gone to college. They're nurses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have friends that are doctors, pharmacists, like you name it. Like we have a pretty well-rounded circle of friends. Um, so I guess just for you know all our friends out there, we are not you know talking bad about the Definitely education not. system, but you know just basically sharing our journeys. And, you know, me getting into pharmacy technician side of things, I can honestly say, like, that was not my passion. That was not my fulfillment. Um, but looking back at it, I have no regrets because, like, really, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I can't blame that on anyone else. I'm still glad I did it. But now I'm looking back at that experience. Like, that was Mark kind of giving in to the whole corporate side America, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like have something in your bag, like, bro, like Mark, you're going to be able to make 60 grand a year. So that's so like, that's financial security. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the same time, like, that's what we thought growing up. And that's what, you know, our relationship with just like money and um, everything changes over time. And that's what like me and Charles are excited to, to get into uh, more with you guys today. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's just start there, you know, like that's a little bit about our background. You guys will probably learn a bit, uh, a lot more over, over the course of these episodes. Um, but you know, to dive into today's kind of topics, like, you know, what really was it that, um, that pushed us to want to start LFG? Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, but mm-hmm. some of the bigger reasons is, uh, uh, I mean, as was called legacy for generations, um, trying to leave our mark for, for our next of kin or whatnot. Um, also trying to, um, open up people's minds. Um, you know, eventually want to have people on here who are are doing the same thing, have, have their own, uh, hustles going on, their own businesses and whatnot. Um, and hearing what their experiences are, um, ups, downs, all the way arounds, um, and everything in between. Um, because it's definitely not, what everyone shows on Instagram and whatnot. It's not all, all, uh, good shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely a dark side to it. Um, so yeah, getting people's stories, um, and opening people's minds to showing you that like a nine to five is not the only way, um, whether it is your, your main way or, or you just have like a side gig, um, making money. I mean, I mean I'm a big believer in, in having multiple, uh, streams of income or, you know, multiple hustles um, because there isn't, there's so many ways to get money out there. It's just how are you going to get it? Yeah. hundred percent. And just to piggyback off that, you know, um, as far as like, you know, we're also here to, to help people, right? Like we want to serve others. Like maybe there's another, um, you know, person out there thinking of joining like the entrepreneurship side or creating their own business, but something's holding them back. And usually what's holding them back is just taking the risk. Like mm-hmm. people fear. are, yeah, so many people like myself, I feared so many things, like so many things pop up in your mind when you think about, you know, joining a venture like this, you know, so many scary things can pop up into your mind, especially for me having a family, um, me having my first daughter and thinking like, man, like is is me starting my own business really smart for me or should I just stay at this healthcare job that's paying me pretty well and just stay with it and, you know, just kind of like eat my pride at that point. You know what I mean? Cause I can say firsthand, like 
I don't know if my manager watching this, but you know, it's not my fulfillment to you know want to do that job. It pays so well. It gives me benefits. It gives my family benefits. Extremely grateful for all of it. But it's not what I see as fulfilling my life, and um, that's why I wanted to go out and create something like this and connect with people like Charles, like other friends that we have, to and other guests that we are planning to have on the show to just dive deeper into how entrepreneurs and business people are just built a little bit different. Charles, you know, diving into like being an entrepreneur and, and doing, you know, starting your own business, like what's your relationship with money? Like so much of being an entrepreneur is like knowing how to manage not only time, but just like, like money. And me personally, I wasn't great with money. Like some of my friends out there listening might know that already, like growing up, but that's all I knew. You know, like I kind of got my money habits um, from my parents and nothing against them. I don't want to, you know, make them, you know, shine them in a bad light. But, you know, they did spend a lot of on a lot of things that we just didn't need. And I inherited that. Um, So, you know, with that said, like, what was your relationship uh, with money growing up? Um, Relationship with money growing up was... uh it was interesting. Um, I mean, when I think back to my younger years, I didn't, I mean, we obviously didn't have our own money and whatnot, but I did a really good job of saving my birthday money and Christmas <laughs> money and things like that. Um, I didn't spend too much when I was younger, but once I learned that I could lose it, um, <laughs> I ended up using it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, it, that did change as, as life went on. Um, I mean, I'm a private school kid. Um, by no means does that mean that we were wealthy or, or well off or anything like right. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a private school kid on financial aid mm. um, in a pretty wealthy affluent school um, where I definitely was not a kid with money. And, you know, everyone around me has like a nice Beamer, Benz, whatever. And I'm over here driving like a 94 four-speed two-door Tercel. Bro, so you're telling me mobbing, though. <laughs> you're pretty much Will Smith in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is what you're telling me. <laughs> kind of, kind of. I mean, I had my group of friends that, that I grew up with yeah. um, who were all kind of in the same boat as well. Um, um, but we never really, like, like labeled each other for money and things like that. We just mm-hmm. had our own friendships, and, and we were cool with that, you know? Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until high school where I, I like, noticed – the, the differences of, of levels of, of wealth and whatnot. Yeah, man. So, like, with that said, like, when I'm just imagining you uh, as a high schooler, you know, surrounded by all this money, like, like what did that instill in you? Like, did that make you want to go out there and, like, and, and flex and, and spend money when you got it and, and flex on people? Like, how did, how did you manage that? Not really. Definitely not. Um, one, it's just not myself to, to do that. Uh, I know that for myself. Um, um, but I did, it did make me hungry. Um, I wanted, I wanted more for myself. Right. Uh, but definitely not one to, when I had money was to flex it and whatnot. Like it really went towards other things like food. Like I'll, I'll tell you like, um, my best friend and I, we, we'd get like $20 a week for lunch mm. from Monday to Friday. Um, <laughs> And on Thursdays, we'd get out of school at 1.40, and there's a Safeway about a five, ten-minute walk down the street, and we'd splurge out <laughs> splurge out our lunch there on, on like, good chicken tenders and whatnot. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, we even did things at school to to get money. You know, flip some gear. We played basketball for some money sometimes. Um, it was just you know we, we knew we weren't as wealthy as some of these other kids who get in an accident and get a brand new car the next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it didn't. I wouldn't say it like hindered our experience in high school. You know what I mean? I feel that, man. And for me going into high school, like I kind of had a different experience. Like, I don't know what it was with me and my family. Um, You know, I got my spending habits from them and they like to like flex a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, That Filipino flex, like my mom is totally the type to have like that nice, like Louis Vuitton bag (laughs) just to show that she, she can afford it, you know? And like, when I look back at it, I'm, I'm, I don't regret a day of it, but I'm also just like, man, I kind of inherited that a little bit through the years where I'll try to like, like flex a little bit with my clothes and, and do all those things. But now I'm just at a point where I'm just like, man, all that stuff just really just isn't important. And all it is, is a flex, you know, and we didn't even have the internet back then. We didn't have Instagram, TikTok, none of that stuff to really show off the flex. Like I really just wanted to show off and flex. Um, but I think a lot of that came from, um, you know, really, like deep down, it, it came from like being insecure, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of that flex came from being someone that I wanted to portray on the outside. Like I wanted these clothes to show someone like, oh man, Mark Mark got some clean clothes. Like, you know, he's he's got money or something. But dude, it's such the wrong way to go about life. And that's definitely something I don't want my daughter to inherit from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want her to understand the value of the dollar and to put your money in a smart place, you know? Right. But sometimes it's, not when you mention that, um, it's all influenced by society, right? Like, uh, I mean, I could have had those pressures from other people who were fitted and whatnot. You know, back then it was pinwheel, right. uh, snapback, <laughs> or fitted cap. And oversized jerseys. You know, I I had like one jersey, and it was a Golden State Warriors Jason Richardson jersey. Shout out, <laughs> Warriors. Let's go. Um, but uh, also a J Kid jersey because you know we love the Bay. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't have all the cool stuff like my friends would have. Uh, so it was, and if when I did, it it felt kind of weird already. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, look at Charles, he got a fit. You know, like mm-hmm. so it was kind of weird, but um. Yeah, it's crazy that like it's not it doesn't just come from what you've seen growing up from your parents or family. I mean, it it gets influenced from your friendship circles and and society around you, right? And that's mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just when you were mentioning it, it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like I bring that up because like, you know, um I don't want to give away our age. You guys will probably figure out our age later on the line in the episodes, but like we grew up in the late nineties, went to high school, like in the early two thousands. And like, when I think back at those times, just like we were just being marketed like, or shown like commercials and marketing was just so strong that we cared so much. Yes. Music videos, dude. Like, Oh my God. Like we had like total request live for like the top 10 videos, music videos, but now we just have YouTube where we can just go on there and not really know, you know, what's cool. Um, but follow your own path pretty much yeah basically what i'm saying is like we were sold the idea of you know what was cool and what was in and 
Like, I really, really feel like a lot of us that are like my age, I'm a millennial, but like we got our spending habits just like bombarded with all this advertisement of how we should look, how we should um, carry ourselves and how we should flex on ourselves, like going to the club and and wearing like headbands and <laughs> oh my God, bro, it's so cringe. Like I can't, I can't even think back to that time without just like, like shivering a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm still grateful for all of it. But at the same time, man, like that's where I, I really got some bad money habits. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing that that part of, um, you know, your upbringing. Because um, I definitely feel like in a Filipino family, you're either on that side of, you know, being really frugal and just smart with your money. Like, oh, I don't want to spend on that. I don't care. Or you're going to be on that side of like, no, I want to like go get a job and I want to buy something dope and I want to flex. Mm -hmm. So there's always like that dynamic. I mean, just because I was good as a kid with like saving my money and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but didn't mean I was always good with my money. I, even today, I'm pretty, I don't want to say irresponsible, but I do spend my spend on stupid things sometimes. You know what I mean? And um, it's like, damn, should I have done that? Should I have dropped this much money for this thing? I didn't even like follow through with like God, idiot <laughs> but i mean it's all our experiences right and i mean i guess lucky for me I'm, I'm i have no like big financial uh tie downs like a daughter or anything like that mm -hmm. so i kind of do have that flexibility and freedom but it doesn't excuse me from from being an idiot you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely man so you know with that said i guess another way of segueing into Another topic that that we like to talk about is just like being like financially like secure. Like a lot of people have an idea of like what is financial security and what does it mean for, you know, us as individuals. And sometimes like financial security to people means like having a house or having like nice cars. Um, but I can speak on this topic a little bit like financial security for me uh, as you know, an aspiring entrepreneur, I feel like financial security is more like time freedom. You know, I think spending time with my family and my wife has just become more and more important uh, these days, especially after like COVID and everything hit us. Like, I feel like I really just want to spend time with my family and also build a business on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And I need to earn that though, you know? So for me, financial security, um, doesn't always just mean like, oh, like you got to secure the bag. And once you secure the bag, like all these things come. Um, I'm really thinking in a different mindset nowadays that if you become like a fulfilled person and you do things to become as fulfilled as possible, things like the car, the house, maybe the boat or the vacation that you pay for your whole family, like will all come together. But if you are too attached to those symbols that come with wealth or people think come with wealth, I don't really believe that that's the right way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Like, like, what do you think about, um, like, just being a more fulfilled person and all those things just kind of, like, coming for the ride is, is the way I like to look at it. Yeah. Um, it's a good question because it, it takes me back to – how I got into real estate. Um, 
in, in looking for a job where I didn't have to answer to a manager or a boss or whatever, 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 right? Uh, biggest reason is because um, when I was working uh, at AT&T, uh, which was a great job, um, I wasn't in control of my time. And my grandma, my last my last grandparent, had moved to the Philippines back home uh, my senior year of high school, I believe. Yeah, my senior year of high school. And I didn't get to see her until after she passed. Man. And every year, my mom would go home to her mom and, and, you know, on her birthday or whatever and just visit her. My sister got to go a few times. I never got to go. And she was important to me because, you know, we had a close relationship. She was my last grandparent. Um, my I lost my first grandparent when I was in seventh grade, and he was my, my best friend. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of the stuff that I do today or, you know, my dog's name is Lady because he had a dog named Lady. Mm. Um, so... Not having time to go see her uh, really took an influence on what I wanted for my future and in the time that I had and and where I wanted to to spend the time either at work or with family. Of course, you got to do both, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be stuck to where someone's telling me it's like, no, you can't go see a loved one mm-hmm. if they're passing or you know whatever reason, whatever it is. Um, and so that's what really shaped me into kind of become a real estate agent and, and having my own time. Dang. So would you say then, Charles, you know, thank you for sharing that. Um, would you say like, that's your why? Like, like we brought it up earlier about how in your first year, it was a tough ride. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of entrepreneurs will share with each other and say like, you know, at those times that you feel like quitting, you got to revisit your reason why. Um, would you say like that's part of your reason why um, something that you can pull back in your in your memory bank and think back about that time with you know your grandma not being able to see her and that being a, a big influence on why you want to have yourself time freedom and the importance of spending time with family? Would you say that's part of your why, or do you want to expand on what your why is? Uh, I would say that's a big part of my why, if not all of it. Um, I mean, to me, relationships are almost everything. Um, pretty much everything. Um, I love my family. I love my friends dearly. Uh, I mean, I mean, Uncle Charles is definitely for the kids. I love, <laughs> I love kids. I mean, I'm a big kid myself, so I think kids are the coolest. And when I get to spend time and, and actually be there part of, and be a part of their lives, it's, it's important to me. Um, I feel that, you know, and, um, maybe I'm soft or whatever. I don't give a fuck, but, <laughs> but all, it man. is, it is what's important to me. And I, I think, um, I did do a good job of, of exuding that energy because I know my family and friends feel that. Um, and I do have the relationships with all these little ass kids, right? Yeah. Bro, first of all, let me just say like, dude, you spoke from the heart right there. And I can honestly say for a lot of my friends, cause we have the same circle of friends and you're the Funkle. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Charles. You are Funkle Charles. You know what I mean? So, I mean, let's just tell the Fun viewers <laughs> the viewers and the listeners out there exactly like, you know, I don't know if it's a lot, but I'm blown away by this number. But what is your, your godchild number? Like, you're so close with so many of our friends that love you so much like family that they've decided to make Funkle Charles the godparent. So, like, how many godchildren do you have? I have 10 now. Dang. Uh, See, I think that's a lot, man. It's a lot, dude. I mean... <laughs> Shit, it's a lot, <laughs> but it is. Um, it does feel good. Um, I, I'm definitely honored and appreciate every time the question comes up. Will you be my godfather? I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, 
Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, I got you. <laughs> you know, and it's just, and I know like, especially in Filipino culture, like yeah. being a godfather is, is a lot of financial responsibility and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm first to tell the parents, I'm like, hey, I'm not the best when it comes to giving gifts or money and things like that, but I will be there for sure. You know, oh, like, I'll yeah. definitely have the back, have their, have their back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but definitely not a good, good <laughs> uh, financial provider on that end. Because, you know, I, I've seen it a few times, you know, even in my own relationships with my godparents. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not expecting money. I'm not expecting gifts or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I'm just thankful that that they were there you right. know like i learned a lot from my from my dad's set of uh friends who all became my my godparents yeah um and my mom's set of friends who all became my godparents my my uncles and aunties you know so i appreciate them all um and i never expected money or anything like that but i know just growing up and hearing people talk about it you know oh give your goddaughter money mm-hmm. or whatever 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 yeah. yeah. I think it definitely has like an expectation of like if you're the godfather you're supposed to give money. But I can firsthand say though Charles like I feel like if you're going to make someone the godparent don't expect x amount of dollars every single year like you made right. you made someone the godparent because if something happens to you you trust them with protecting your child their children if right. if in the case something bad happens that you can take over that's the most important part right and i like to think of it as dude you are trusted with 10 families with that honor of being that for their kids like to me that's big that says a lot about like not just your character but just how people pick up on how you treat family and treat friends because they are giving you the blessing of being like a godparent. Like for me, I'm like, bro, I'm blown away. Like, you know, it's in the culture of Philip, you know, in the Philippine culture, like being a godparent is a huge ordeal. And like, you've been entrusted with so many families. And I just want to commend you for being like Funkle Charles. Like, like I see it with not just my kid, but just with uh, other kids out there. Like you really know how, you know how to connect with children on that level because you're a big kid yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I wanted to start this show with you because you're, you know, you're a big kid and you don't take yourself too seriously, but you can be serious at the right time. But overall, you just have like this, this vibe about you where you just have this kid-like nature to yourself. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's only a good thing, bro. Thanks, man. I for real appreciate that for real. Um, But yeah, I, I love being a kid. <laughs> kids are the coolest they get they think the best they have the best way of thinking and i i can't i can't yeah. deny it <laughs> yeah i love that man and that brings me back to you know just like growing up and um you know talking about family stories you know let's let's speak on the the family topic real quick if we could mm-hmm. you know let me ask you bro like i know for a fact when filipino families find out that their child or their kid is going into the entrepreneurship side like some families don't always think that it's a secure way of life. You know, what was your experience when you decided to tell your mom or your dad, like, hey, like, I'm I'm going to go, like, full-time, you know, I'm quitting my my job and I'm going full-time into to real estate. Like, what was that transition like? Um, yeah, that's a good, good one. Um, they were supportive, of course. Uh, my mom, even to this day, would love me to, for me to finish college. I think my dad would also, but... My dad, coming from a similar background from mine, not finishing, not finishing school, um, can see where I come from or can feel where I come from. But um, I definitely get the go back to school, you know, son of this, and in Tagalog, that's like you should do this, or or uh, too bad you didn't do this, right? Um, 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I got the support, which was great. Um, but there's, I mean, there was definitely some questions and worries and will you make it? But in my mind, I'm like, there's no other fucking way. Like, <laughs> what, what else am I going to do? Like, you know, like, I'm not going to go back to school and be depressed again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I asked that question just to ask this, like, you know, of course, like Filipino families, they come to this country when they first migrate here. Right. They want to have like financial security for us. Like that's the whole reason they, they moved out here. Like, you know, our families are from the Philippines, but they moved out here as immigrants to give us a better life. Um, And I just think that sometimes families take it, hard when it's not something safe like mm-hmm. nursing, nursing or pharmacy or a doctor, doctor a lawyer those are all great jobs don't get me wrong like i'm throwing no shade at anybody out there right. who's achieved those things like all the power to you but you know one size does not fit all and you know i just love asking that question i you know i plan to ask that question to a lot of the guests that come on the show um, because I think it's important. It's like important to see like the culture and like just kind of speak on the fact of, you know, doing something a little bit different than what they may have hoped. And, um, you know, for me, like a family full of nurses, I didn't go that route. Um, but I can honestly say like my parents are still like very proud of like what I've done with my life up until this point. But now I'm on a mission to make them even prouder, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna try to build this business and build it as best as I can possibly can so that I can pass it on to my daughter and pass it on to her kids and their grandkids. So, you know, the whole premise of Legacy for Generations is so that my future grandkids can look up the family tree and be like, oh man, you know, grandpa, great grandpa Mark like started this cool legacy for us all. And, mm-hmm. and that's the whole reason, you know, I got into this business. All right. So jumping into the next part here that we wanted to discuss today is, you know, getting into the nine to five mindset or out of the nine to five mindset, actually, like you like to call it a certain, a certain way. Like, like, what do you like to call it? You, you call it the, the dark side, right? I call it the dark side. Yeah. Um, and I only call it that because most people live in the nine to five. Um, I just thought it was a fun way of, I mean, you know, villain mindset and whatnot, right? I just thought it was a fun way of, uh, of addressing it. Um, by no means at all do I mean like it's the the evil side or whatnot. It's just the way I, I process things sometimes or how I like to have fun with things. But yeah, the dark side. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it reminds me like dark side sounds like, bro, you're either like a Star Wars fan or you're just like, bro, I love villains. I love that villain, <laughs> villain mentality, bro. <laughs> but I, I hear you, man. It's definitely not like you know, the evil side um, that we're talking about whatsoever. And I just wanted to, you know, just dive into like what the dark side really kind of means, man, is, um, you know, I read a book um, called Relentless by Tim Grover, which I actually have the copy of it right here. I'm showing it to the camera. But, you know, um, basically when I read Relentless, bro, um, they tap into what it means to tap in with the dark side. And that's like, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe. So it's definitely a book for like sports lovers. And what I think tapping into the dark side is to know the right amount of 
like ego to put into something. Like we all like to talk about like, you know, we got to kill our ego, kill our ego. It's definitely true. But how about learning how to control your ego? Right. Meaning like if you're going to get into sports, business, um, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're diving into to just tap into that side of wanting more for yourself and like pushing yourself to the next level and to not quit and to keep your eye on the goal at hand, which I think that a lot of people just kind of struggle to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like what I mean by that is, you know, when we're asked, like, think 10 years down the line, think about what you want your life to be. It's so hard. Like, like, I don't know if you can expand on that on your end, but like, like, how do you feel about just what's your mindset about thinking about your own future? Um, like even 10, 15 years from now, like, do you, do you tap into that or are you more of a person that just lives in the moment? Um, I am a very big live in the moment person. Um, but I do think about the future a lot. Um, obviously I want everything to be a certain way. You know, you, everyone wishes for that for themselves. Um, and you, and you work and strive for that, but it's not always easy to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Try. I mean, I, I, I don't think I could say that I've achieved a ten-year plan as like you know up to this point. Yeah. Um, but I definitely do make mindful decisions on on what what is going to be for me financially um, for the future, or like you know the older my older self for when I'm of retirement age or whatnot, making mm-hmm. sure that's set up for myself for that. Um, but the whole ten-year things, I mean. Simple things like family, kid, whatnot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, you know, I definitely try to live in the moment as much as possible, too. Like, I always thought, right, like, as we become more mindful and just, like, learning to to grow within ourselves and be more, like, self-fulfilling people, like, you know, living in the now is so important. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to add that. Like also thinking in the future is very powerful too, mm-hmm. right? And what I feel is like really beneficial if people can take their mindset to that next level is to remember their future, right? So remember your future. What that basically means is, you know, think about yourself as like an 80-year-old person, right? Like, I know we're getting kind of off tangent from what Relentless is, but, you know, think of yourself as an 80-year-old guy. If you can just, like, put yourself in that mind space of, like, 80-year-old Mark, like, and tap in with him in, like, a moment where you need to, like, make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, remember your future self when you're about to get, like, really angry or, like, about to, like, slam a chair into a wall because you're pissed off at something. Like, would your 80-year-old self really want you to do that? Like I envision my eight year old self being like, Mark, just cool it. You know, you're you're young right now. You have like your whole like, you know, future ahead of you. Don't react so in the moment. Right. But you know, just know that it just brush it off. Like mm-hmm. like handle this this moment with grace and move on about your life. Um, like I tend to think about my future in that way now, like more nowadays. Um, but at the same time, I still do want to live in the moment as much as possible. Um, but I am tapping in with like my future self and like who I want to be in the future. And a lot of people, sometimes when I talk that deep on that deeper level with people, like it's hard for them to like really envision that, you know, that, 
that older future self, like version of themselves. Um, but I think it's really important mm-hmm. to 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 do it because for one thing, it just comes with the whole territory of like like manifesting, right? Right. So if I can like dive deep into like my version of manifesting is is like you know a lot of people out there may think like manifesting means thinking something and it's going to come true. Like manifesting isn't like a genie in the bottle, right? right? Like I can't be like, bro, I want to be a millionaire. So think it. And now I get to go sit on my couch and watch, you know, the last of us, uh, (laughs) you know, on rerun or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, I think people think sometimes that's what manifesting is, but it can be further from the truth. Right. Right. Um, my version of, or what I like to explain manifesting is, is you think about that end goal so much. Like you tap in with it every mm-hmm. morning, mm-hmm. every day you tap in with that manifestation of what you want, whether that's a healthy family, whether that's uh wealth or a big house, like you're manifesting these things so the universe can guide you towards it. So what I like to think of it as is if we keep on tapping in with our manifestations of what we want, the daily decisions that we run into are going to guide us slowly towards that goal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what manifestation is. It's it's tapping in with the final like thought process of what you want, and then those small decisions are what leads you to that goal because you keep on thinking about it, right? right? Like if you are a person that wants to lose a lot of weight but you can't picture yourself as skinny you can only picture yourself as fat i don't know like whatever i'm probably making like a bad you know comparison here but what i mean by that is like you've got to be able to envision yourself completing and being successful at the task that you want otherwise you're just going to bounce back into you know just wishing it were true and not doing the actions that make it true yeah because pretty much if you like I think I get what you're saying. It's pretty much if you don't see or if you can't vision the end goal, then what are you working towards, right? Like you're pretty much stagnant and you're just kind of going wherever the wind takes you. Um, and it, so it is important to to know your direction. Um, and yeah, in order to do that, you do have to tap in with your future self and see what you want for yourself and 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 think about what your future self would be proud of in your daily actions today. Right. 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 Dude, 100%. And like I had such a tough time in the past of just thinking about my future. Mm -hmm. And like I love talking about topics like this because I used to be that guy that just, you know, I didn't care about money. I didn't care about um, like I did want to flex in the wrong way. I just had like, you know, my mindset was just so backwards you know what i mean from what it is now yeah from what it is now it's just so like like different um and you know it was just so hard for me to even just envision i make it to the age i am today mm-hmm. you know what i mean right. like like i didn't even want to go visit there like you no know, like i was like i don't want to think of myself as old i want to like enjoy myself while i'm like 22 and young or whatever you know um but i think it really is um important to know what manifestation is and know what it is to be an abundant person and like live an abundant mindset Mm -hmm. uh, constantly because what that does is it just opens you up. Like if you're a closed-minded person, 
it's hard for you to accept these blessings that the universe is trying, is to, give trying to give you. Or right. if you're if you're into Christianity, like what God is trying to give you, like when you go to church or you go to you know whatever sermons they say, it's like they just always tell you like open yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Open yourself up so you can receive these blessings. If if I'm going to going through life with closed hands, closed fists, how am I gonna accept, accept anything? anything. Right. So I think about that now and I didn't used to think about that, but I think about that like constantly, like, um, you know, so, you know, how about yourself? Like, what what do you feel like you, you do as far as, or how do you feel about manifestation and like the abundance mindset? Yeah. Um, it's funny cause I don't think I ever thought about stuff like that either, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but I do unknowingly grew up with an abundant mindset. Um, like, I mean, you may hear me say it every now and then. It's like, I don't chase money. Money chases me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a Charles statement right there. Book it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, I never thought about, uh, you know, having an open mind. I think maybe I've just been open-minded for so long, maybe. Um, I just, just an open-minded person, I feel like, in general. Mm-hmm. So I never thought of, like, the part of having closed hands that you said and mm. and not being able to accept anything because I am willing to listen to almost anything mm-hmm. and I may rebuttal or agree or whatever. Um, but I, I do want to hear what, what other people's thought processes are, why they think like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to each their own, right? Like yeah. I, I could adapt some of it um, or I could just take it for what it is. You right. Know? right. Um, so that's, that's an interesting uh, thing to hear because me personally, I've never even thought like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have at least. Yeah. And like, I feel like now that I'm like a little bit older, it's just, it's just ingrained in me to, to think like that. And maybe, you know, while you were growing up, you kind of just had that instilled or ingrained in you, um, which is amazing. Um, you know, but for some of us, we have to learn how to like be open like that. Like I, I'm seeing now looking back, like I was, um, closed off to things a little bit, like still like, you know, people li- like, like to be around me. Um, I was like always the funny guy. I was like mm-hmm. the class clown in, in, in high school and stuff like that. So people were around me, but I can honestly say like, I was, I was deeper than just like being a funny guy or I was like deeper than just being like, uh, the DJ at the club that like to drink and party and have fun. But a lot of people like to put me in that box, but that's what I put out there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, what I love about, um, just talking to people and getting their ideas and hearing their experiences. Um, like I take this mindset from a lot of, a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And e- even from yourself, um, you know, just going through life, um, being open to people and open to other things, uh, at an early age is something that I look up to because now I'm like kind of like, like learning that now. Um, but it definitely took a lot of growth and just watching like videos and, and people talk on this topic. Like I love listening to other podcasts of, of people talking about mindset and mm-hmm. like the importance of just like being abundant and open-minded and, and stuff like that. Dude, I just, I can't get enough of like every single day I'm listening to like, a lot of different podcasts that that just tap into um the positivity mindset, you know. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Cool story, man. <laughs> 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 but I will say this. So 
Are you personally into things like like meditation? Um, I mean, I grew up aware of med- meditation. Um, I wouldn't say I, I like practiced it or anything like that. Um, there are times when, yeah, I I do like sit down in my own thoughts and take deep breaths and whatnot um, to try to relax myself or control, um, you know, my body or whatnot. Some ninja shit, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> um, as for meditation itself, uh, I would say in the last year or so, it's been more. Uh, it's been I've been there's been more more meditation in my life in the last year. Um, Thanks to some friends who um, who opened me up to that, um, and me realizing that how much it helped relax myself, mm-hmm. um, because I am, for the most part, very active minded. Yeah, um, and it's hard for me to slow things down. It's like right. reasons why I can't sleep at night or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has helped me to like just relax, calm down, and and slow my mind and. Um, been thankful for that really for the last year. <laughs> Did you do like a like a Reiki massage or something like that? Or was, no, was that I, in the plans? No, but um I do have friends who who practice Reiki. Um I've never participated in anything like that like that, but I am open to it. Yeah. Um it is interesting. Um would be cool. I mean, like like they have those like sound healing and whatnot. Right. You know? Cool, but uh I don't know. I'm also very logical. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm open to it, mm-hmm. but I'll, but I'm also <laughs> very like, you know, like straight and like, let's get to the point and fucking get yeah. this shit done. <laughs> See, I think that's what our dynamic on this show is going to be because I'm a deep believer in meditation. Not saying that you're not, mm-hmm. but I'm saying I'm open to all of that. But then, you know, you being you, you're like, "Eh, eh, I believe in it, but I'm all right for right now. Like Like, crystals and whatnot. (laughs) I'm going to come to the show, dude, and just like, dude, Charles, you know, put this crystal in your left pocket. All right. Light this incense. Yeah. Light this incense. And, you know, I heard it works great. You know, this is what um, all the all the good, uh, you know, this is what uh, Gary Vanerchuk, (laughs) this is what he does in his podcast. So please put this uh, crystal here in uh, in your left palm. And repeat after me. Dang. But, <laughs> but dude, like I think that's gonna be like our dynamic moving forward. Is like I'm so open to to talking about it and like to owning that part of myself and, and learning about it. Like I love like learning about stuff like that. There's like there's a spiritual side to business, I mm-hmm. believe. You know what I'm saying? Um a lot of people don't really believe in that. Like, oh business is business. Like it's hustler mentality. We out here trying to get the bag, whoop, whoop, <laughs> whatever. Um, but dude, I'm so just in this space of, you know, envisioning fulfillment and like all the things coming together. Um, when you become like a enriched and fulfilled person, like all those things will just come with mm-hmm. the territory. Um, and for me personally, you know, I, I do meditate like like every morning, mm-hmm. right? Like um, I read or I've read the six phase meditation, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people may think like meditation has to be you sit quiet in your room for an hour. And Bro, that's man, hard. That's hella hard. I don't do that. I for sure cannot do that. Yeah. I had to research a type of meditation that worked for me because I'm 
first of all, I have like these shaky legs. Like I, I gotta keep yeah. on moving my legs all the time, bro. <laughs> so with that said, like I couldn't just like sit by myself. It's it's one of the scariest things you can do when you, if you try it is like if you're if you're gonna test yourself, like just sit in your room, like in a posture and sit there for sixty minutes, bro. It's That's tough. Discipline. That's what shows some discipline. I don't do that. Like I like all the power to the people that do do that, but. Um, really quickly, what I wanted to talk about is like the six phase meditation. It's a really quick, like value based meditation. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is it's guided. It's not just like, okay, like sit in your stance with your legs crossed and um. listen to your <laughs> breath. Uh, you, did you hear that sound? Tune it out. Like, I don't like that stuff, dude. This one that I'm talking about is guided, meaning like he, he is guiding you through the meditation. It's only 20 minutes. So you're listening to his voice, but like what I like about it is it's condensed and it's like to the point. It's almost like he's he's uh, instructing you on what to do, what to think, the power of like uh, putting a vision in your head, yeah. like as if like your mind is like uh, – like a a screen that you can just project a picture onto your screen and just envision yourself one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, like how you are when you're like an 80 year old. Um, And I really just recommend people out there to like, try it out. Like, you know, like I said, like meditation doesn't have to be like a one size fit all type of meditation. Um, You know, I definitely encourage people to listen to the six phase meditation. It's really short. It's really short and sweet. Like I do it every single morning and it just helped me just grow my mindset like a lot. Um, And I've been doing it. I think I started reading it in like around September, October, like Mm -hmm. after we came back from Vegas from a convention. um, I just started to just, I don't know, something just called to me to just get into meditation every morning. Um, I definitely say uh, meditate. Because what I like to think about meditation is is um, it's almost like it's like we get bombarded with all these ideas, so many things from social media, from the news, and we just like add pile those things onto our brain, right? So like when we meditate, it's almost like we're clearing our browser right. history. Like mm-hmm. you're on the internet, like it's like bro, I looked at so many shit today, like so much shit today. Like oh, look at all this, and I haven't like reset my browser history after like two weeks. Like bro, like you need to reset that. It's kind of like a healing process. Oh, dude, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. And like if you do it like every morning, you just give yourself this opportunity to like set the tone for the day and just like start fresh and just you know clear that cachet that's like been building all this stuff on your mind, and you just feel so good, dude. So yeah, really just to to close up the topic, um, you know, meditation for me is just really that important. And it's it's helped me so much in not just my business, but just to reset my mind and get out of my mind because so much of the time we're thinking the most worst things that can happen. At least for me, I would always think like, oh man, what if this happens, doesn't go my way? And what if I get into this and it doesn't go my way? Or what if like the the people that are watching this video, like don't like the way I look? Like, bro, I need to just get over that whole thing and just be my authentic self. And this is just who I am. And it's just take it or leave it. But if I didn't meditate on that, then I think I would just really not progress. Like I wouldn't mm. want to start a podcast. You'd still be eating on yourself. Yeah. I wouldn't want to, to jump into um, 
a business and build a business for myself and my family. Like I would probably tell myself I'm not good enough to do that. Um, Damn, man. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like, <laughs> like what I mean by that is like, you know, you have like for me, I have to reset that mindset because that's just I'm talking about like the old self, mm-hmm. like that's the old person talking, trying to get out, right. and just like that's how I used to self talk, mm-hmm. like like real real talk, man. That's how I used to like self talk to to myself. Um, and if I didn't meditate and learn how to meditate, um, I really think I would hold on to those feelings of myself and just not really progress. Man, that's right? wild. I mean, I've never, for me, was I've never really thought like that. So to hear that, it's like kind of mind-blowing, man. Like, yeah. I just feel like nobody should think about themselves like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you are good enough at everything. Right. You know, you're, you are enough or whatever it is. So thanks for sharing that, man. That's deep. Ooh, yeah. And I'm not, like, scared to get vulnerable, like— <laughs> I think that's just a part of who I am now. It's like I'm open, bro. Like, you know, people can ask me anything and I'll just be an open book. You know, like 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 I'll be be honest, man. I had, you know, a lot of self-doubt and a lot of self-talk and I know I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, starting a podcast to talk about those things, you know, I know is this isn't particularly about like business and entrepreneurship, but I do believe in, you know, releasing the fears that you have Mm -hmm. and and being better and growing your mind so that you can uh be better yourself and like i think a low-key you know segment um on on what business is is it can do that for you if you look at it in the right right light Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah so, you know, Charles, we had like a good first episode, man. I'm just super grateful to even just be here, sitting here with you. And we're going to start this off, um, you know, this podcast in a really good, strong, like good vibration to it. Um, but to close it all off on our first episode, you know, like what is it that you like want to talk about to close it off um, here on LFG? Uh, well, first, I do want to thank you. Um yeah, thanks for uh, for having me on this, on here with you and going through this journey with you and and uh, help letting me uh, express myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, but what I would love to talk about for for legacy is, um, I mean, just to touch on on how you would th- yourself talk to yourself um, and, and how I feel like I've never experienced that um, is mindset. Mindset's a big thing, and I do feel like um, there are a lot of people. Um, in the next generation or even in our generation where their mindset is just not what it should be. Like, um, I think, I think kids should grow up with a hustler's mentality Mm. rather than a give me, give me, give me mentality, which is where a lot of kids are at right now. You know what I mean? Um, I only hope for like, Oh, you know, all the kids that I, that I, that know in my life or whatever, you know, my, my two nephews that they, that they adapt that Mm. from me. Um, I know it could be a little intense. I know I could be a little intense, Especially because I'm pretty competitive, mm-hmm. but it's never to 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 be harsh or be harmful or anything. Like I maybe I am a little bit hard on you, but I want you to have a strong mental capacity mm-hmm. um, to be able to move forward and 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 tough things out. Yeah, and the the two nephews that you're referring to are your your sister's kids, right? My sister's yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. I have two of them. Uh, one's two. One's just turned one. Um, and I don't have any kids, but these two, man, I did not know. I mean, I know I love kids, but I did not know how much I love kids um, after having after experiencing these two being born and and what I want for them 
um, even though they're not mine. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Dude, I freaking love that, man. I connect with that so much, dude, because, you know, it doesn't have to be your own children that you want to build a legacy for. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like you have to have this huge family um, in order to want to leave a legacy. You know what I mean? Um, leaving a legacy for, you know, your nephews is is so huge um, because, like, when you do get your own children, you're going to want to do that you know, even more. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the LFG podcast. Hit that follow button. Keep up with us on IG, Facebook, and YouTube. Handle is at Legacy for Generations. Um, and make sure to stay tuned for our weekly podcast drops located on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Peace.